Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, what is up? It is the best time of year. Well, I... It's for, for many, for my co-host Jared Stansbury, it's the best time of year. I would say it's like the second best time of year for me. I'm like, to me, like October is the best sports, maybe November, because you've got college basketball, college football, NFL, uh, NASCAR, like everything's hitting. But March is very, very good. We are very happy and grateful to be going back on the road this March, uh, not only um, because you know, the whole pandemic thing's over, but Iowa State is relevant again, and there's a lot of fun stuff to talk about here over the next hour, and that's what we're going to do here on the Big 12 Tournament Edition of the Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show. You hear us normally uh, 6 to 7 on Thursday nights here on KXNO, but we obviously we're going to be gone uh, a lot over the next couple weeks, so here we are on a Monday and then we will lead into the Cyclone Coaches Show tonight. So you'll hear from TJ Otzelberger and Bill Finley coming up at 6.30 with our friends from the Cyclone Radio Network. Before I bring in Jared Stansbury, I want to thank all of our postseason sponsors at Cyclone Fanatic. we got four great ones this year. Of course, our friends at Fairway. Uh, they are uh, also sponsoring our wrestling coverage as well. Jacqueline Cordova did a bang-up job over the weekend in Tulsa. Uh, Fairway Food Stores. Great partner of us here. We have a new sponsor, folks, and it's our friends at the Iowa Event Center coming up on the 22nd of March. It looks like the next big event, Harlem Globetrotters. Harlem Globetrotters, March 22nd, Elton John on the 26th. We've got a little corn action coming up on March 28th. That'll round out the month of March. We'll tell you all about what they have coming up at the Iowa Event Center. Uh, they are with us as well. Of course, our friends at the Wild Rose Casino in Jefferson. We'll have Action Fanatics podcast coming up later in the week, a betting preview of the Big 12 tournament. And then uh, our old friends at Ames and Des Moines Eye Care. I care for the whole family. I actually just made my appointment. I try and do this in the postseason. I go and get my eyes checked. I'll be doing that with Dr. Kruger in Des Moines coming up here. Well, whenever the Cyclones are off the road, we'll bring in my friend, Jared Stansberry. This is your favorite time of the year, right? Yeah, it's got to be up there, man. I'm surprised you didn't say the month of December when there's all the trash bowl games going on. I love trash bowl games, but I like like a regular college football Saturday more because it's just, it's all the games. Yeah, I, I guess I just figured that you know, the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl is great your uh, is like a national holiday for you. It's a great so game every year. Yeah. Great game. Big uh, Bahamas Bowl guy. Right. The Bahamas Bowl, the uh, Cherry Buns, whatever it is, bowl that one year, <laughs> the Tart Cherries. Uh, I don't even know. The Poinsettia just, Bowl. Yeah. Yep. The Poinsettia it's, Bowl. It's a good one. Uh, no, it, oh, this, yeah. this, is, this has got to be one of the best times of year, I think. Just, you know. This whole week, there's going to be basketball on every day, high-level basketball, and then obviously we lead into uh, into next week when it's going to be pandemonium for for four straight days for the first two rounds of the NCAA tournament. And man, this this tournament down in Kansas City is going to be a lot of fun. I think with a bunch of really good basketball teams, and 
uh, one that I think a lot of people across the country are going to get really excited to be locked into just because there's so many good games back to back. Yeah, I, that's that's kind of where I'm at, Jared, just the basketball junkie and me and, and you're one as well. The Big 12 tournament is just so stacked. Like any of these games could go any way. Uh, Iowa State gets the final game of the day too, so we can kind of sit back and watch a few games on Thursday. But I really like how this bracket laid out, not necessarily for Iowa State, and we can talk about that draw and all that stuff coming up, but there's just a there's just a lot of great matchups and it's it's weird too. Like I, I do feel like there's been something missing in our lives as Iowa Staters the last couple of years. We were in Kansas City. Well, Iowa State played the only game in the Big 12. Ter- no, there were two that night, excuse me, but mm-hmm. that opening round and then COVID hit and bam, the whole world blew up. Of course, you were there last year, but it's not the same without fans. Like, it's just, it's not the same thing. With, with I, didn't, I didn't even go last year. Yeah, we didn't even go because it, they were so yeah. terrible. Yeah, it wasn't even worth the time to, to go down there. But, man, it... Yeah, it's, yeah it, it feels it, different. It's We're back. It, this feels, you know, there's been a lot of official, man, we're back from the pandemic type moments. This yeah. is going to be another one, you know, just and to see the power and light packed, like I'm sure it will be, and to, you know, it would be nice if Iowa State can win that first game because you know that fans are going to flock down there, you know, and be be ready to get back to Kansas City and and fill what's now the T-Mobile Center. Uh, really? It's, switched, it's not the yeah, Sprint Center anymore? It's not the Sprint Center anymore. It's a T-Mobile Center now. I think that switched sometime last year. Uh, so it it will be new feeling in some ways, but it's going to be – it's going to be nice to get back and, and get back in that building. Great to have the women's tournament back in Kansas City as well. That always adds a little extra flair, in my opinion, especially with Iowa State being as good as they are on the women's side. And we will dive into that in the 6 o'clock hour uh, when we start talking about uh, the two-seed Iowa State women. They will tip off on Friday night at 5 against either West Virginia or TCU. Um, okay, let's – Let's dig into the draw. Uh, this this might be a hot take, but I'd almost rather have gotten Baylor again than Texas Tech if I was Iowa State, being the way that that game ended on Saturday night. Baylor's got a few guys who were dinged up, if not out, right? We'll see how we'll see how that looks. I've, Baylor, to me, Jared, feels like a team. I, I would not bet on Baylor this weekend and watch them go win the whole thing now. They feel like, to me, a team that is going to rest up, get the hell out of there as healthy as possible, and then make a deep run in the NCAA tournament. Tech, like, I, I don't know. I just, like, look at Brockington's numbers against Tech this year. Like, I just the, – the way they defend, I think, is difficult for a team who doesn't have a lot of guys who can create their own shot like Iowa State. Whatever. Like, Iowa State could absolutely win this game. I would have rather have seen Baylor in the 7-2 game. What do you think about the draw? Yeah, Baylor reminds me a lot more of, you know, I think back to, man, the 2017 uh, Big 12 tournament when when Iowa State won with Monte and all those guys. And Kansas lost in the first round of that tournament to, well, I guess technically the second round, but they lost to TCU in the first first game. And that set up where Iowa State ended up playing TCU in the semifinals. And uh, the reason that was was because Kansas has been kind of banged up. That Kansas team, I think, ended up going to the Final Four. You know, and it, you know, they obviously had Frank Mason and all those guys that were so good that were great around that time for the Jayhawks. I mean, you look at this Baylor team right now with 
without Jonathan Chamuachua, who was the co Big Twelve Defensive Player in the, of the year last yesterday when those awards came out. There's it is really telling about the Big Twelve when three people split the Big Twelve Defensive Player of the Year award. Uh, it's like, man, there's so many good defenders. We just can't pick one. Mm-hmm. We got to give it to three different guys, you know. Uh, so, I, I think not having him is huge. But then you've had guys like L.J. Cryer who's been banged up. Adam Flagler's been been banged up. James Akinjo has been banged up. I don't know why they would be worried about the Big Twelve tournament, to be quite honest, you know. And uh, I think when you look at a team like Tech, who I think they just play a way that is so tough for Iowa State to be able to beat too. They're so talented for one thing, but man, when you get a team that is as talented as they are, and they're not afraid to be more physical than somebody else, you've got a recipe for disaster. And we've seen what happens when Iowa state plays some of these teams that are more physical than them, even though Iowa state wants to be a physical team, they just don't have the horses sometimes to be able to keep up with some of those other teams that have more talent and like to play that way. Well said. Yeah. I, I just, I don't know. I, I haven't had a good feeling about this team in Kansas City for weeks now. Hopefully they, they can surprise me. I mean, there there have been years where I'm like, they'll be one and done, and, and then they run the table. This team's just so limited and challenged offensively that it it's hard for me to imagine, this, frankly, that they'll score enough points to win three games in a row. However, with, with Texas Tech, I mean, they went like nine minutes the other day without scoring uh, against Oklahoma State. So, like, they're – if you're Texas Tech and you're looking at this game, Jared, it, I mean, it's a similar type of conversation. However, that's kind of just who they are. It's not really dictated by Iowa State in this instance, but it is a bad draw in their sense because you're 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 playing the team that, you know, Kansas is on the other side of the bracket. That building will be three-quarters Iowa State fans on Tuesday night or Thursday night. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, I think that there is a path for Iowa State to be able to win the game. I just would say that it's not overly likely, you know. Like I just I I have not seen this team be able to play against a good team and do, and do that for 40 minutes well enough. I mean, if the team that came out in the second half the other night against Baylor comes out and plays all 40 minutes against Texas Tech, I think Iowa State could win, you know. But no doubt. What what have we seen to this point? that would make us believe that they can come out and play like that for 40 minutes and be able to beat a team like Texas tech, you know, and even when they beat Texas tech earlier in the year, that obviously was one, a nail biter to the end, even though Texas tech had only seven people on their team. And again, they only had seven people on their team. So it's like, uh, it, there's just not a whole lot that gives me a lot of confidence. Well, they'd know? have to and, shoot lights out. Like, right. Yeah, like this yeah. had to be a game that Kalsher scores in the twenties and, um, and grill, you know, and, and I'll, I'll say this, these guys are a lot better away from Hilton for one reason or another. Caleb Grill is awesome, apparently, when you get him into the <laughs> general area of the state of Kansas. Yeah, get him near Kansas. Get him near his hometown, and he's great. He's yeah, all big so I, I think that there's, like I said, I think there's a path to be able to win the game. It's just I haven't seen a whole lot that's going to give me confidence that they're going to be able to do it. And, you know, at the end of the day, too, I mean, I think in the last however long that I've been covering Iowa State, they either lose in the first game or they win the whole thing. So there's really only two possible scenarios here. If they win on on Thursday, they're, they're probably going to win the whole thing. If they win on Thursday, they'll play for the championship. I truly believe that because I think they'll beat Baylor on um, Friday. And I think if they got to really the championship, they'd, I think they'd win if they got to the Even championship. Even if it's Kansas? Then. Yeah, I think they would. Because I just I think that at that point, Man, I think that's kind of even what we saw out in Brooklyn. 
this team when they can kind of get rolling and get That's that momentum point. behind them, and that it would get them that swagger, you know. And I and for whatever reason, and they I mean, beat two top twenty five teams in a row that night or that right. that weekend. I mean, look at what Xavier and that. I mean, Memphis just killed Houston on Sunday, so they're they're they weren't the same team then that they are now. But nonetheless, Iowa State has proven that they could beat good teams in a stretch, like you pointed out. Just yeah, and I think I I just think that. Man, I I don't know why, but for whatever reason, when they would seemingly be getting going and you've kind of you're kind of on one of those rolls, when they'd come back home, like I don't know if it's a, a mental thing where you're not as locked in because you're like, Well, we've got the home crowd to pull us through in this one, you know? Mm-hmm. And then you just aren't quite at that same level that you need to be. I think not having that will be helpful on some level, you know, and I don't like, again, I don't know what that is, but for some reason they just did not play very well offensively when they were at home. And it was like this expectation that you're going to come out and score 70 because you're playing at home, you know, and maybe not being in Hilton Coliseum can help with some of those things. I don't know. It's just spitballing, but I just, I, I don't, I just, I, there are things that still concern me about, about going against this Texas tech team. I mean, they, they do such a good job of making people uncomfortable and Iowa State has to do a much better job with their ball toughness and things like that that TJ talks about all the time against Texas Tech than what they have been doing in recent weeks. You can't come out and turn the ball over like what they did in the first half against Baylor. You know, you can't come out and turn and and uh, and just fail to get into your stuff offensively like what they did last week against Oklahoma State. They've got to do a better job of those things, and it takes being tough. It takes being tough with the basketball uh, and being able to – execute your plan, even though Texas Tech is not going to be scared to make it a really disgusting basketball game. Shout out to our friends at the Iowa Event Center who are now hiring. If you've got a passion for live events, you can join their team today. Lots of part-time openings in all departments. Visit the website iowaeventcenter.com today to read about those openings, incentives, and bonuses that are available. All sorts of great live events coming up in the next couple, couple of months. Shinedown, uh, Justin Bieber, Morgan Whalen, Mercy Me. Oh, and my uh, my personal one that I can't wait to get to on June 12th. New Kids on the Block will be in town at the Iowa Event Center. Um, I'm surprised you're not more excited. You're more excited for New Kids on the Block than you are for Justin Bieber. New NKOTB, bro. Have you ever seen the Globetrotters, though? I was going to say yeah. that to you before. Yeah, you need to take the kids out to see the Globetrotters. Yeah, man. I, I really enjoy the Globetrotters. In fact, Ross, Ross and I are going to have a Globetrotter on the program. Later in the week. Man, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's good stuff. Um, okay, um, Iowa State. And then when we come back here at the top of the six, we will do kind of a look at the entire Big 12 tournament bracket. It does look, Jared, like Iowa State will probably be, barring anything crazy happening in Kansas City, in the 8-9 game, which is unfortunate. I, I, I would rather be a 10 seed, I think, than, than play in that 8-9 game. But... Am I getting greedy, though? Like, is this just a deal where it's just like, hey, you're in the 8-9 game, you have a chance to win a game in the NCAA tournament, shut up and be happy with that. How do you approach the seeding, which we will be uh, six days from now breaking down with Iowa State. We'll have a selection Sunday uh, live stream that will be coming up on all of our Cyclone Fanatic social media channels. What do you think seeding-wise? Is that can, Are you 8-9 right there with me? Yeah, I mean, I I just – I don't know how much it matters at the end of the day. You know, like, you just went 0-18 in the league last year. You're 
22 and 22. Yeah, oh, and well, yeah, if you include the tournament. Get it right, 0 and 19, all right? Okay, 0 and 19, including the Big 12 tournament. Uh, So I I think it's hard to be too incredibly picky about seeding at this point to even be back in the conversation is is a significant positive. Yeah, I mean, it would stink to have to play a number one seed in the second round, but even if you're a 10 seed, you'd have to play what? A two in the second. So like, what's the difference really? You know, well, you can almost pick who Iowa state will play. Assuming Kansas and Baylor are one seeds. You'll either yeah. play Gonzaga, Arizona, or Auburn, Auburn. probably or I mean, Kentucky. It, maybe. Yeah. One know. of those. I mean that you can, you can base. Yeah. I just, I don't know how much of a difference it would make at the end of the day. Like I think, I mean, if you've got to play Gonzaga, that would be a really difficult matchup. <laughs> Razier Bolton, man, the ghost of Razier Bolton yes. coming back to well, bite you. Yeah, Razier Bolton, who was, you know, shout out to Razier, man, because he was fantastic for Gonzaga this year. Yeah, he and did really. Been, he had a nice year. It's been fun to watch him on those late night games. Yeah, an all conference guy for the Zags, and I mean, I, I I don't even think about Razier when I'm talking about how difficult a matchup that would be for Iowa State. I mean, you, I think about Iowa State's front court having to try and handle. Um, uh, the the big guy down low and then uh, I, I just don't want to play Purdue. Holmgren, I mean, yeah, keep, keep it, me away from Purdue. Any that. team that's got a formidable <laughs> inside presence, I think, is going yeah. to be a significant concern, and that means Purdue with Zach Eady and Trevion Williams, Gonzaga with Chet Holmgren. Uh, man, I can't for some reason I can't think of the big guy's name. What's his the guy with the mustache? Why can't I think of his name? Yeah, well, I feel like I feel stupid because I can't think of what his name we is. We know we but, all know who you're talking about. The yeah. I, I can't think of his name off the top of my head either. But nonetheless, it's like I'm that, freezing up. It's the Kentucky, problem. Illinois, like all those teams would be a problem for Iowa State with those guys that have really good teams that have really good inside presences, low post players. Clearly, where Iowa State needs to um, be hitting the transfer transfer portal and, and upgrading, especially when you look at the guards and wings that they have coming in. Um, and I don't want to talk too much about next year and stuff, but I mean, that's just glaring. It's just glaring watching, especially a team that, you know, apparently not apparently, I mean, clearly TJ wants to have physicality and all those things be your identity. And it's been really, I mean, it really has stood out down the stretch. Although I must say Robert Jones appears to be kind of clicking a little bit as far as that goes. I think he has potential Jared only in the sense if he's playing, 10 minutes a game. That's the problem. Like if you look at like um, Foster uh, and then uh, the kid from Mississippi, I forgot his name already. Henson. Blake yeah, Henson. Like uh, Jones was never brought in to play the role that he's been playing right yeah. now. And, um, and Conda is what he is at this point. We know what George Conda is. I mean, I think he's a fan favorite for a reason, but he's, he's not, he's not elite by any means. No, and I, I think as much as anything, they need a guy who can you can rely on to be able to play 20 to 5 to 30 minutes that isn't going to get into foul trouble immediately in every game. Yeah. You know, and, and that's what George does, unfortunately. Like, you, don't, you don't need Oscar Sheepway, who's going to come out and give you 20 points and 15 boards every night, but you need a guy who can at least protect the rim and is going to be capable offensively. And I think, too, you can see with the way that they've run their offense this year, they're not opposed to if they can get a guy who is adept at putting the ball in the basket with his back to the basket. Like they're not opposed to throwing it down there to him, you know, but it's just, they don't have the personnel right now to be able to do that at a high level. And I, I mean, I agree with you with Bob Jones. I think you've seen when he can play 15 minutes 
he can be really solid, you know, and he went through that stretch the other night where if teams aren't going to guard him, he can take advantage of that. And he was even scoring down there on Flo Thamba with his back to the basket, made a couple tough little hook shots. Like he's, he's got potential, but it's just for one, it's a big jump to go from Denver where you really didn't play very much at Denver to all of a sudden you're going to be a starter in the big 12. And, uh, you know, I think we've seen him kind of come along, but it just, yeah. They, they have to get better at that spot, I think, if you want to compete to win the league. I mean, every team in the league is is so much better than them in the front court that it's just – it becomes a liability quickly. All right, we'll continue on this conversation. Big 12 pre- preview with Psycho and Fanatic next here on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Welcome back. Second segment, Psycho and Fanatic Radio here on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. It is our uh, pre – postseason that is preview show specifically this weekend's big 12 tournament uh ncaa tournament selection sunday six days from today selection monday seven days from today exactly one week the women will be finding out who they are playing in the ncaa tournament quick shout out to our sponsors ames and des moines i care fairway Iowa Event Center and the wild rose casino in jefferson they are the reason we are on the road I don't know if I can say the road to the Final Four, but we're on the road with the Cyclones until it's all over. Looking forward to getting down to Kansas City later in the week. Quick shout-out. If you don't have anywhere to watch the tournament games, you should check out our friends at Wild Rose Casino and the DraftKings Sportsbook at the Wild Rose Casino in Jefferson. I think it's – I mean, it's the coolest sportsbook I've been to in the state of Iowa. Really uh, awesome spot. Get up there, and uh, you can go play some blackjack in between as well. Shout out to them. They're a great supporter of what we do, as are our friends at Fairway. You know what I've noticed about Fairway lately? They've got a much better uh, beer and liquor section than back in the day. And uh, I've been I've been buying a lot of stuff from Fairway as of now. So go and check them out today. Of course, grilling season coming up around uh, the meat, uh, second to none, what they do at Fairway, the meat center up there in Ames, right where the old Wallabies used to be. Go check. That place is like the Taj Mahal for grilling. Or if you like smoking meat, it's unbelievable. Thanks to them uh, for supporting what we do. Jared Stansberry and I breaking down the bracket now for the Big 12 Men's Basketball Tournament. We will do the women and uh, touch on the Cyclone women coming up here later on in the program. And then we'll hand it off at 630 to our friends from the Cyclone Radio Network. John Walters will have TJ Otzelberger and Bill Finley coming up here on KXNO. Okay, um... Let, let's start with the 4-5 game, right, with Texas, TCU, and and then Kansas will take on either Kansas State or West Virginia. These are the Thursday morning and afternoon games. I TCU's like the the most, you know, the over. I think the most overachieving team other than Iowa State in the Big 12. Texas scares me. Like, I almost rather, like I was saying, I'd rather play Baylor than Texas Tech. I mean, I almost would rather play Texas, right? Or, uh, Baylor than Texas, right? It feels like Beard's going to have I, – I don't know why, Jared. I have a feeling. I think this is a value play in this tournament. I'm going to pull up the, the lines for this real quick. What do you think about that Texas-TCU game? Yeah, I'm actually – I'm right there with you. I think that – I think if you're looking for a team that is a dark horse type of Final Four contender, I think Texas is a really good option. Because And I have no idea what their odds are or anything like that. But, I mean, I just think when you look at the talent that they've got on that team, obviously we know how good they are with the um, the coaching is. Uh, it's just 
can they put it all together, you know, and, and we've seen at times how good they can be when they're, they're playing really well, but then you, you know, you get, they were playing pretty well before and then you lose two in a row down the stretch to Baylor and Kansas. So I think that that Texas team, if they can put it every, everything together and like, and really come out and play well for a couple of weeks, then they definitely are a team that could make a really, really deep run. But TCU is just, they're an interesting team because I think they're going to be a tough matchup for anybody with the way that they crash the glass. Uh, and that's kind of the equalizer. If you're a team that can keep them off of the offensive boards, then you're going to be able to beat them. And I think you can probably beat them pretty easily, but if you can't keep them off the glass then you could be in for a long night, you know, and uh, there have been a handful of teams when they've been able to control that, then they've been able to win. But you, you saw it just last week when, uh, when they played Kansas and Fort Worth, when you have a hard time keeping them off out of those second chance opportunities and out of scramble situations, then they can take full advantage of that. And, you know, I, it will all come down to matchups, I think, for them, especially once they get to the NCAA tournament. If they get good matchups where they can be able to really bully people on the glass, then I could see them making a second weekend. But if you get up against a team that, again, has a good, formidable inside presence, is it going to keep you from being able to get those second opportunities? I could see them losing by 20 in the first round, too. Well, let's look at the odds real quick to win this thing via Bet Rivers. Kansas at 3-1. to one. Uh, Baylor at plus 325, Tech at plus 350. Then you go to Texas at plus 600. And then a major drop-off after that, um, 1,800 for TCU, 2,600 for Iowa State. Iowa State would be the dark horse play. I would probably splash something on at, at that number. Um, I don't know. I, I Texas at six to one isn't isn't bad. I mean, of all those ones that I read off, I think Baylor's the one that I would avoid right here. Maybe do uh, Tech. I, what, what do you what do you what do you think as far as a value play there? Yeah, I think Kansas is probably the best, or not Kansas. Texas is probably the best value play of all of those. If you're not going to pick one of the top three, I mean, I just I was trying to think of the teams that have the talent that if you can, you know, we've seen what happens when if you've got a really talented team. Yeah, and you can put it together for three consecutive days. You know, like we we obviously know firsthand from 2019 what how that can look. So I think that Texas winning the league is or winning the tournament is definitely within the realm of possibility. I'd have to throw that one out there. I just I like I, like I said before during the first segment. I just think it's so hard to imagine Iowa State being able to put it together in that first game to where you can get to those next days and kind of be that dark horse. But like I said, if you win that first game, I think that they've definitely got a very good chance to be able to win the whole thing just because I think they can get some momentum out of that first one. Um, okay. So what do you look at? Let, let's project a Texas and Kansas semifinal. Okay. Texas Man, almost be... won there just last yeah. week, right? Like Kansas, or I don't know. Like I'm a big beard guy. Like they, they play defense, right? Like they defend, they defend the hell out of the ball. I, 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 I don't know. I, I, Kansas would definitely be favored in that basketball game. I, I'm Texas is my dark horse here. Yeah, I'm I'm fully on the Chris Beard train right here. I know that in the minds of many, they probably underachieved this year. But if you look at all the newcomers and everything, you know that it took that program a while to kind of gel, Jared, and the, and they they are now right. Like the, this is a Texas team that, in my opinion. It is for much of what you just laid out as they they have they are a dark horse to make a final four run but then TCU is just every time I've doubted TCU this year then they jump up and bite you that's just it, he he's done a phenomenal job there Jamie Dixon doesn't get enough love 
in my opinion, in this league, because this league is just loaded with Hall of Fame coaches. But, man, you think Pittsburgh wishes they could get him back now? Yeah, no kidding. I mean, I think I think with Jamie Dixon, the thing that probably makes it to where he doesn't get more credit is that TCU just, for some reason, seems to have a hard cap on like how good they can be for an extended period of time. It's like hard for them to string years together, which doesn't make very much sense when you think about the talent level yeah, that the there Metroplex. is in the, in the Dallas Metroplex. Uh, so I don't know, like TCU still feels kind of like a sleeping giant, but you have to be able to make like the investments into the sport to, to really see that return on it. So, yeah, I mean, I, again, like I said, I think Texas is that team and it just, you know, since Trey Mitchell left and, and Chris Beard's kind of been able to shorten that rotation. I think that you've seen that team get better. And, you know, I think back to when they came here, uh, back in January, and man, he was playing so many guys. It just seemed like he was throwing stuff at the wall to see what stuck. And it was, it didn't seem like they were really, I mean, they had not meshed at all, you know, and you've kind of see that come together here over the last several weeks, I think, and or really the last month and a half or so. And, and, you know, I think if that team can continue to put their pieces together, I mean, again, like their, their backcourt is as talented, I think, as anybody you're going to find not just in the Big 12, but maybe in college basketball when they're playing well with Courtney Ramey, Andrew Jones, and Marcus Carr. We know what all three of those guys can do as scorers. It's just, can you defend as well enough? And can you get guys playing together, playing well on the same night? Uh, that, that I think is going to be the big thing for them. Texas on Ken Palm is really fascinating too. Their last five losses ranked, these are the teams ranked that they lost to 11-4, 11-4, and 9. Yeah, and they've been beating the hell out of teams that they shouldn't. I get, other than the West Virginia game, but it, everybody knows what it's like when you go into that snake pit over there and <laughs> over there in Morgantown. Games games kind of get weird. All right, let's go to the other half of the bracket: Baylor and Oklahoma. Of course, Oklahoma State cannot participate. Uh, uh, there's no chance of an upset here, is there? I guess it comes down to what we talked about before: is if Baylor with- wants to be there. Right. I mean, if Baylor doesn't seem to really want to be there, which I think is, for the most part, an issue that Scott Drew's teams have not generally had, you know, uh, if they don't want to be there, then I could definitely see Oklahoma winning. But also, Oklahoma was the team that won the most games in the league that that I think impressed me the least every time I watched them. I just I have not been impressed by that team so far this year. They're really good at running their stuff when they can run their stuff, but a team like Baylor is going to be able to keep them from running their stuff. So I, I would say no, uh, as assuming that Baylor is even, you know, 75% locked in. I think they should be able to win that game. Cyclone Fanatic Radio here on KXNO, Big 12 Tournament Preview Show. What did you think of Scott Drew winning Big 12 Coach of the Year? Uh, I just find it hard to – understand why a guy who just won the national championship last year would be the coach of the year the following year when I mean yeah they lost some pieces but and you were still good but I mean you just won the national championship who had a better coaching job Scott Drew who had just won the national title and had another good season or Mark Adams who took over it for Chris Beard with a basically a shell of a roster you had Shannon coming back but like you had a bunch of pieces that you had to take over or you had to kind of turn over and then still build that team back up or TJ Otzelberger, who took over a team that went 0-18. I think that TJ and Mark Adams should have been the two leading candidates for that. Not That's nothing against Scott Drew. You know Scott Drew is my coach until the oh, end, yeah. of, end of my life. But Absolutely. at the end of the day, I think that those two had a much better coaching job than what Scott Drew did, and I thought that that was just – I just thought it was weird. It seemed like a, uh, a really uninspired choice 
by the people who voted for that award. I would have voted for Adams. I think yeah. if if Iowa State had beaten Oklahoma State and then played that game against Baylor, I think that I you I probably would have voted for TJ at that point. Maybe it's just hard. Think- it's hard at seven and eleven. You know, this despite the. It, my not for us because we sit here and watch it every day. I'm just saying in general for a guy who's like a guy from Austin who's voting on this award, right? You see seven and eleven. It's just you're not gonna that guy's not gonna win very often. Is my point? Yeah, and that's why I say like it, if I had had a vote, I probably would have voted for Mark Adams. But I think TJ then would have been number two, and then I think even Jamie Dixon probably could have had a good case. I would completely well. agree. I'm glad you pointed them out. And I think I think those three coaches right there, like if you want to talk the, about the best coaching job in the last year, like how is it not those three guys, you know? And that, again, like that's nothing against Scott Drew. It's just it seemed like a really odd choice to me where it's like, yeah, I mean, of course Scott Drew's team was good. They just won the national championship and brought key pieces back from that. Like I don't know what else you would expect. Adams, the, the knock on Adams in this award, is that they were picked fourth, and that's about what they got, right? They got third, so they didn't, like, in the minds of the voters who are the coaches, they didn't, like, highly overachieve. But my my argument would be that Chris Beard um, is kind of like the modern-day, like, Bill Snyder of Texas Tech basketball. They, You know, Bob Knight was there. They had competitive teams, but nobody real like, it, Knight kind of got people to care there for a while. But Beard shows up and turns Texas Tech into one of the great home court advantages in all of college basketball. That's a tough thing for a guy to take over for a larger-than-life personality like him, right? You lose these players. You lose McCong to the NBA. Like, there, he he overcame a lot. And I, I would have had a hard time between him and TJ, but I'm with you. Those would have been my one and two for sure. I, I think I probably would have gone Adams just because I think when I look at coach of the year too, it's like, there's all these different Ross. And I talked about this a lot on our show last week that everybody has different ways of looking at it, but I, like the, what Adams has done, not only to finish third in the big 12, that's a team that could win a national championship. Now I don't think that they will, they don't have enough offense to go through March like that, but they could, they will be as far as Vegas goes, a top 15 maybe a top 10 chance to win the national championship, which is staggering. I I had, I think, I think I put tech sixth in my preseason poll. They were picked fourth by the, co- I had them sixth or seventh. It was something like that. So they widely overachieved for me. I just think it was, it was hard to be able to anticipate what they were going to be like, you know, I mean, Mark, I, Mark Adams had never been a head coach at that level before. So it's like, who knows, you know, and, it just turns out that he apparently had a much bigger hand in anything that they were doing than what anybody realized previously. And I don't think anybody's going to make the mistake of wondering what Texas tech's going to be like again, moving forward, you know, and it, it is a a difficult conversation when you're talking about coach of the year, because it's really easy to default to like, okay, we're going to give it to the guy that won, you know, like, or or default to the guy who was picked the worst and overachieved, like without any nuance to that happens. Right. And that's, like, if you want to, you know, I think even the Missouri Valley is a good example. Like, Ben Jacobson wins Missouri Valley Coach of the Year. That's just nothing against Ben Jacobson. Had a had the two-time player of the year in the league, like, coming back. Like, I don't think anybody thought that Northern Iowa wasn't going to be really good. I would probably have picked Drew Valentine. Like, you got to take over for the, the guy. Yeah. The guy, you yeah. know. Who built the and, program. Yeah. Right. And keep that program going in the right direction. And they had some hiccups. But, man, like, now – 
look at that. If anybody watched that game yesterday, I don't know how you can sit there and watch that Loyola team and not be like, man, that team is going to be just as good as any of these other ones that they've had in the tournament that have made deep runs. I was watching the game with Bloom in my basement after we recorded our podcast, and I specifically said to him, I don't want Iowa State to play those guys. Yeah, I mean, they just, they're like a boa constrictor, dude. Yeah. And especially against those other Missouri Valley teams, when they can get, it, it's all feels like a moment of, it's just like a, a matter of time. They're going to make their run. How well can you weather it? And how close can you keep yourself in the game after that? Drake was down too. It seemed like the entire second half of the game and could never get back over the hump, you know? And that they're just so good at that because they're so good at running their stuff and they're so good at being good defensively in the half court that if you can't turn them over, you're going to be in trouble. So I don't know. I, I, that's my Missouri Valley tangent for you. Cyclone Fanatic Radio here on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 Kicks. You know, Chris Williams, Jared Stansberry. Uh, I want to thank my friends from Ames and Des Moines Eye Care. Always great supporters of what we do at Cyclone Fanatic. They are stepping up and one of the great reasons why we're on the road with the Cyclones this March. I'll be going, I do this, trying to do this every spring where I get my eyes checked. Uh, Dr. Kruger there at Ames and Des Moines, I actually saw something that was going on with me years ago where I was just getting these awful headaches and he prescribed to me a type of reading glasses that um, I use now when I'm on my computer phone and just reading in general so I don't have to strain as much and it's really changed my life. I cut the headaches down like in half. Uh, go and check it out uh, for yourself. Ames and Des Moines Eye Care, lo- locally owned, great supporters of what we do at CycloneFanatic.com and the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. Let's go to the women's bracket now, Jared, where Iowa State is the two seed. Unfortunately, I had a tough break. I thought they were going to be able to be on the complete opposite side of the bracket as Texas and Baylor, the two teams that have kind of been kryptonite for the Cyclones this year, but they did not, which would set up a potential semifinal matchup against the Texas Longhorns on Saturday. I want to get your analysis on Iowa State versus these teams with athletic bigs because that is, again, kryptonite. It's the one matchup that this team really can't seem to to, to get around. if they, I do have faith that if they're going to do it, it would be in Hilton South, the Municipal Auditorium. That is a phenomenal place to watch a basketball game. I highly consider any Iowa State fan who's going down to Kansas City to get women's tickets as well. Sets up really well. If Iowa State's men were to make the semifinals, you could watch the women's quarterfinal at five and bebop over to the, what, the T-Mobile Center? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to say Sprint Center all week. Uh, the T-Mobile Center, uh, you'd be able to watch both of those games back-to-back, which would be one hell of a Friday night for Cyclone basketball-loving fans. What do you, uh, Jared, give me your take on how Iowa State can pull off one of those upsets, if you will, against Texas. Let's just say Texas before we get to Baylor. Baylor's a whole other animal. What do you see when you watch this team against that type of team? Because we know if you look at everybody else Iowa State's played, they're killing them. It's these big athletic bigs that have given this team so many problems. I mean, I just think the unfortunate thing for Iowa State is that beating either of those teams is going to require them playing a perfect game, you know. And I think you need a perfect storm of the officiating to go in your go your way. They've got to call uh, those ones when Ashley's backing them down into the lane. Yeah. That, and I think – you just got to take, make, you have to take and make tough shots, you know? And Iowa State's got a bunch of people who are really, really good at making open ones. When you play against Texas and Baylor, th- there are not very many open ones to even get, you know? And that was the thing when they were playing against Texas that last time is just you're running your offense and there's 
opportunities to be able to take shots, but they're not what you would immediately think is like, oh, that's an open shot. It's like, no, you've got to be willing to take a shot that is going to be a tough one and feel confident that you're going to make it, you know, and because their length, their athleticism is going to just, there's not going to be driving lanes. You know, Connor and I had an argument about that on here a couple of weeks ago where, you know, he was talking about, I don't even remember exactly how he put it, but I was like, dude, I, I was like, I, I'm pushing, I'm saying you need to go back and watch the game again. Tell me where they would drive to. Where would they pass the ball to? There, there are no lanes, you know. That's because the Texas is really long. They're really athletic, and they're really good at playing defense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like, that just is it, – it, they are the kryptonite for Iowa State because of those things, and you just can't match the athleticism that those teams have, which is really unfortunate because I think if you put a team – Iowa State up against any team that is athletically similar to them and size-wise is similar to them – like you said, they're going to crush them, you know, but the second that they get up against one of those teams, that's going to have an athletic profile, like what Baylor or Texas does. I think that they're going to be in serious trouble because it just takes so many things going right all at the same time. I had a great interview with Iowa state head coach, Bill Finley a couple of weeks ago on our podcast network. And, and he said, Jared, and I couldn't believe, I couldn't agree more basically says the, the sec, I don't care what seed we are. All I'm looking at is the draw. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know if I've ever covered a team where I believe that more than this one. Yeah, I mean, I think if they would have been in the finals, if they could have avoided those. Avoided, no avoided doubt. And they probably them. would have killed anybody who they would have seen. Correct. And I, I mean, the fact that they would probably have to play Texas in a semifinal, it, it makes it really hard for me to see a path there now. Because I just, I, too many things have to go right, man. <laughs> you know, and it's, it sucks. Because I think that this Iowa State team is really, really good. And they are as talented, I think, as anybody is you're going to find. But, man, like you just – you get up against those matchups. And it, it's a lot like the NCAA tournament, you know, on where it's it comes down to the matchups. And I don't know how much it has to do with how much better somebody is than anybody else. It's just they're just more athletic, and that is exactly what Iowa State is not very good at handling. We'll see. Again, I, I've seen too many crazy things back in the old days with the – women's tournament to to count Iowa State out against Texas. I think that it, it it's realistic. I mean, that's going to be an arena full of Iowa State fans, but you're going to have to shoot lights out. Like, there's mm-hmm. just no way about it. The problem is that, you know, those those long teams, it, it, as you well know, when you're, when, you're, when you're facing that length, it oftentimes negatively affects the shooters too, right? It's not just, yeah. it's not just, oh, Ashley can't back into the lane now like she's so right. good at, and she set scoring records with. It's greatly impacting Lexi Darnoski and Emily Ryan as well. Right, like that's what, no one is going to sit here and say, man, Iowa State can't win the game because they can't score in the paint, you know? Yeah. Like that, we never would think that. It's because they aren't able to get good clean shots from the perimeter, and that's where Iowa State's going to, live and die at the end of the day, right or wrong. Like that's just the way that the program is built. And uh, Texas does a great job because they've got so many people that they can throw out there that are really good at guarding out there on the perimeter. And, you know, Emily Ryan is the perfect example of this, man. When they play against some of these other teams, it would be hard to sit here and say that there's a better point guard in college basketball than Emily Ryan is. Mm -hmm. But man, you get her up against Texas or you get her up against Baylor. And this is something that I think is going to be the challenge for her moving forward I mean, she does not look comfortable in those games, you know, has not looked comfortable in any of the four that they played against those teams. So you've got to be able to get to where you can handle the pressure. You can handle the physicality that they're going to bring to you. 
because that's what it takes. If you want to win a Big 12 title, you want to go to a Final Four, you want to go and do all those kinds of things, you got to be able to beat teams like that. And when your point guard can't handle that, who is so important to what you do, man, then you're going to have some serious trouble and you're going to run into some serious issues on the most important nights. Looking forward to that. Of course, you can hear the Iowa State women all season long right here on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 Cakes. You know, Friday, 5 o'clock in the afternoon, you will hear the Cyclone women against either West Virginia or TCU. So that will interrupt our show here on KXNO. Uh, with that, Jared, uh, we are – Plum out of time. I want to thank our friends at J Corp Design and Build for stepping up and sponsoring our women's basketball coverage this week and the rest of the year. Uh, check out their beautiful website, jcorpdesignbuild.com. They do all sorts of stuff, uh, commercial, multifamily. They do renovations, townhomes. If you're, a, if you're a big dealer out there, if you're a big deal out there and you need something built, give, us, give our friends at jcorpdesignbuild.com. Give them a click. Check out everything that they have to offer on their beautiful website. And with that, Jared and I will be off to Kansas City. I will be here on KXNO tomorrow, and then uh, Wednesday we'll be heading down. Jared's heading down tomorrow night for media availability super early on Wednesday. Fun time of year, brother. We'll see you in Kansas City, all right? Yep, sounds good, man. We'll talk soon. For Jared Stansberry, my name is Chris Williams, inviting you to – Give us a five-star rating on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. Up next here on KXNO, the Cyclone Coaches Show, TJ Otzelberger, Bill Finley, John Walters. That's all coming up next here on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO.